Hello, Cedarville family. It's Sarah Gump here from the Cedarville Stories podcast team. Before Connor Hart, a sophomore mechanical engineering student, ever stepped foot on campus, he was already making a huge difference in the lives of others. Through the Hands of Hope Foundation, a nonprofit Connor started, children with a limb difference are able to receive a 3D printed prosthetic. But Connor's servant heart didn't stop there. With the coronavirus pandemic, Connor switched from prosthetics to 3D printed masks for healthcare workers. He has already created and sent masks to nursing homes and medical professionals. Hear the full story on the Cedarville Stories podcast with your host, Mark Weinstein. Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. It's great to have you back. And for our faithful listeners, you may hear a little difference uh, in the sound of our quality because like recent podcasts, we are doing podcasts now remote because of the coronavirus pandemic. So my guest today, Connor Hart, is in his residence in Cedarville, Ohio, and I'm in my office in Fairborn, Ohio. And I think you'll really enjoy what you're going to hear today on the, the podcast. As I said, my guest today is Connor Hart. He's a sophomore mechanical engineering student at Cedarville University. In 2015, Connor started working on special projects for children with limb difference, spina bifida, and Joubert syndrome in his local community. By the time he graduated from high school in 2018, his love for serving had prompted him to establish his own 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to serving the limb difference community. Now, did he get that? He started this 501c3 company as a high school student. Since he is serving as president and founder of the Hands of Hope Foundation, and he seeks to serve his clients to the best of his ability, free of charge, and strives to grow a heart of service among his generation. So no pun intended, but my guest today has a heart for service, and I want to welcome Connor Hart to the podcast. Welcome, Connor. Oh, thanks for having me. So you're a, you're a sophomore at, at Cedarville, and we'll get more into you know your academic background at Cedarville in a little bit. But I think for starters, I think it's important to start off at the foundation, and that's really your faith in Jesus. Can you walk us through your spiritual journey and how you became to know the Lord? Uh, I grew up in the church. So I, both my families were Christian and went to church every week and everything. But I know it had both pros and cons from growing up in a Christian family. The pro was I was surrounded by a Christian environment and had all the Christian influence in my life. However, I know the biggest con was that since I grew up in the church, I was very familiar to it. And I never really made my faith my own. My faith was more of my family's faith and not my own relationship with the Lord. And so I know that lasted the first 15 years of my life where I never really dedicated my life to Christ. And then what happened was when I was at 15, I went on a missions trip. And while on that missions trip, God gave me a vision. It was interesting because when I came home from that missions trip, I was pumped for Christ. I was like, oh, I'm going to convert all my friends, read my Bible every day and do amazing things for God. However, it was interesting because that spiritual high after that vision only lasted about two weeks before doubt crept in. Hmm. I started doubting, uh, like, did God really give me a vision? Can I trust what I saw? I was doing manual labor for a whole week, and then that and that happened at the very end of my missions trip. Could have easily been an hallucination. If it was so important, why would God let me forget about it? Mm-hmm. 
And so I know what happened was doubt crept into my life and kind of crumbled my foundation. And for two years of my life, I gave into the doubt. So what what changed? What uh, what turned you from being uh, anti or away from the Lord to really uh, bringing you into uh, a relationship with Jesus? I know this was the one thing that was all really interesting and what was, was just really cool is I know God had just been like or throughout my whole life. God has always given me a heart of service as we you kind of joked about. But so I know what happened was actually at the end of this, at the end of that two years, my, my youth group was going on another mission trip to actually the same location. And since I still had a heart of serving others, I decided to go back on to the um, and go back on the missions trip. And on that mission trip, I started thinking about stuff. Like I know as I approached the place where I had the vision two years prior, I remember thinking like, I have no explanation of what would happen once I die. Um, like what would happen if God, and it just, uh, I just pretty much just had like a flood of emotions and pretty much during, during that missions trip, I pretty much just made a, I like to call it my final cry to God, crying out to God being something along the lines of, dear God, I don't know if you're there or, and I'm probably just crazy asking about this, saying this, but if you are there, just please give me a sign. Please show me the vision I saw two years ago. Because if you are there, I won't want to live without you. I would want to live for you, Lord. How did he? How did he show himself to you then? Was after I made that final cry, this little voice in the back of my head, Rima said, "You don't need to see the vision in order to grow in a relationship with God." And you were changed. Yeah, and I was what, changed. What? What? Uh, what? What went through your heart and your mind at that time? I'm a sinner. Yeah. So you realize you're a sinner. Uh, you you understand and realize that uh, Jesus is your Savior. Mm-hmm. So now, um, fast forward, you're a student at Cedarville University. Okay. How has your faith grown in your two years at Cedarville? I know my faith has grown a ton. Like I know just here at Cedarville, it's been really nice just because just being in an environment that challenges us to grow spiritually is just amazing. I have all my professors like willing to mentor me. It's, it's, it's just so fun because there'll be sometimes where I just like go up to my professors and I'll just be like, hey, I was like reading in uh, First Corinthians today and just had a question on this, like one verse, what do you think of it? And we could have like 30 minute conversation on that. No, it shall help me to grow an understanding. In addition to your f- faculty who help you, what other tools are you able to use to better know the Lord and to serve him at Cedarville. Is there any, anything that you use that helps you in this way? Oh, I know also just the st- rest of the student body and my friends have been a real help and encouragement during this time. Like I know it's with some of my friends, I just gather together and we just pray together. And also it's been really cool because I've been reading uh, one, of the, one of the nine Marks collection books on like building a healthy church. And I've been reading about corporate prayer. Like I'm in the middle of the prayer book right now and so it's just really right. cool to see how corporate prayer is like pretty much essential for the christian life 
Thanks for sharing your story. We're talking with Connor Hart, a sophomore mechanical engineering uh, student at Cedarville University. And uh, I want to transition to some of the service opportunities that you have embraced as first as a high school student, and then we'll get into stuff here as a college student. So back in 2015, you started working on projects for children with limb difference, spina bifida, and Joubert syndrome. What prompted you to do this and what did you do? Yeah, so pretty much all those uh, projects were done through a program that was uh, that was with my uh, local high school. So I was in a program called a Project Lead the Way. And it's kind of like an academic program that partners with uh, schools to provide engineering classes in high schools. And so I know pretty much what happened was I was taking some of their classes as elective and the teacher that'd be working with us would kind of select certain students to be like, hey, there's uh, we have some people in our community that need help with certain things. Would you be willing to use some of the engineering skills that you're using in class to uh, help them? And every time I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I know from that, I was able to work on, as, as you said, I, I got to work on projects with uh, children with limb difference, Joubert syndrome, and spina bifida. What kind of projects did you work on? How did you help a, a person? Can you give us an example? Yeah, so I know with the, well, like when it came to children with limb loss, I know what we would do is we'd uh, 3D print prosthetics for them, which is a service that I continued doing with the Hands of Hope Foundation. And then it was with uh, children with uh, Joubert syndrome and spina bifida, since I know they have trouble getting around and moving around, what we were do, what we do is we do a special vehicles and devices for them to help them get around. Like I know for the ones for the twins with Joubert syndrome, what we did was we took a one of those like a little uh, a little jeep car things like you you are do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, I think so. Yeah, a little remote like uh, remote control or drivable jeeps that right. you see kids riding around all the time. What we did was we gutted one of those, like took all the electronics out and gutted it all and then put in like a whole bunch of safety stuff for them. And and I know one of the things we did was we made it so that it, uh, it can be controlled not only with the steering wheel and stuff on the Jeep, but also could be remote controlled by the parents who have, who have a controller that could priority of the vehicle and stuff. If it was going wayward, the parent could help steer it back on course? Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Do you have a favorite project that you worked on back in high school? Oh, they're all good. I think, I don't know. See, see, there's, do you mean like, do you want the one that I think was most fun? What was the most meaningful one for you? Yeah, I think the most meaningful one for me was uh, my first one, which was when I made a 3D printer prosthetic for a girl named Hope, who we actually named Hands of Hope after. And you know, that was most meaningful to me because it was, Pretty much after I completed that, a prosthetic for and delivered it to her was when I realized how much I wanted to continue doing the work and how much I love using engineering. I mean, like using my skills in engineering to help others. I know it's the exact moment and when I realized it, like realized how much I love this kind of work was, was when Hope put on the hand for the first time and went to a whiteboard, grabbed the marker with her prosthetic oh. hand and wrote her name on the board for for the first time yeah with her yeah first time with her left hand it was it was, it was just such a perfect moment just to see how she just just being able to get 
H O P E on the board for the first time. You gave her hope, really. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And now she's a Cedarville student as well, right? Uh, her sister is. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get in that in a second. So your work with this service that you were working on, it actually came to an end in high school, didn't it? Because of some reason. Oh yeah. So what they did was a lot of the, like a lot of our work with like the spina bifida and Jabert syndrome, they made like as a capstone project for the program. Uh-huh. However, the 3D print prosthetics, they decided to stop doing them mostly just due to a lack of interest in the student body. They'd most of the students would rather like work on uh, robotics or like gutting a kid's toy than a, making a prosthetic for individuals. So they kind of cut that service. And so that's, that's what prompted me to make the hands of foundation to continue our work and serving our clients that we were working with. How soon did that happen? That actually you then came to Cedarville as a freshman. Is that pretty much around the same time? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, what happened was I learned, I learned about it like that. They're cutting that in like April of 2018 then I graduated in May and once I graduated I started filling out all the paperwork and everything to and to make uh, Hands of Hope uh, an official nonprofit. and then what happened was it was like in July I believe I contacted uh the dean of engineering Dr. Chasnov and about uh bringing Hands of Hope to Cedarville with me in that fall that fall and he was all for it and that's kind of how and Hope ended up at Cedarville, so. Okay, so that's a great transition um, to your time at Cedarville um, in this aspect. So you um, have been doing projects for other for Cedarville students, right? Mm-hmm. Um, through Hands of Hope, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we've been working with uh, Cedarville students on a few projects. So. And it's all, all your projects are done through 3D printing? Yeah, the majority of our projects are done through 3D printing. So when 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 you're in school in the normal way, that means you're mm-hmm. taking classes on campus, not online like you're doing now. Oh, yeah. uh, do you have other students helping you? Well, yeah, we have a team of about 20 Cedarville students that work with us regularly on uh, different projects and different aspects of our services. Like I know we have... Uh, yeah, we have a few uh, nursing students that help us out with our, like our outreach team and interacting with our clients and donors and everything. And then on our production team, which physically makes the prosthetics and everything, we have a few. Of course, we have engineering students, but we also have like uh, I know we all we have one biology student, and then we also have a few uh, like professional writing and other media majors, who are helping us out with our media. So. I'm talking with Connor Hart about his uh, ministry of hand, the Hands of Hope Ministry Foundation. And uh, r- recently I learned that Connor is using 3D printing to help in the current COVID-19 pandemic. Connor, what are you doing through Hands of Hope Foundation to help in this um, serious situation? Yeah, so during this time of crisis that our... Uh world is facing. The Hands of Hope Foundation is uh, 3D printing masks for uh, individuals, uh, nursing homes, and other uh, medical services in our local community. 
So as we as we talked before we started recording, you told me you have already made 60 masks. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And you distributed those, maybe half of those already. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, how do you go about making these masks and paying for it? Do you do that personally or do you have donors helping the ministry? Uh, the Hands of Hope Foundation is completely uh, donor funded. So I know we have a few donors that decided to come alongside us during this time. And so far we have raised about $360 worth of uh, funds for this project, and which allows us to provide plenty of masks since I know our, the mask costs us about $4 each to make and ship because it's about like $2 to make and then about $2 to ship for each of them. So, Okay, so what, what kind of masks are these? Because uh, in, in uh, the news today, you hear about N95 masks, you hear people making cloth masks, but these are not that way. Uh, tell us about what these masks are made out of. Yeah, so these masks are made out of uh, PLA plastic, and we make it so it's designed all to look like and function like a uh, N95 mask. But what we do is we take most of the material instead of uh, like uh, N95 material, we, we use, replace it with plastic and then make it so this, there's still a little bit where it's the original N95. And what that pretty much does is for each of our masks, they take advantage of an N95 mask where we can, so they can cut it up into pieces and then pretty much use, like give it an extended use. This. Yeah. How long, how long um, do these masks last? I mean, here uh, with the current N95s, you know, one patient or one visit with the mask on and maybe they're no good after that. Mm-hmm. How long can your la- mask last? Yeah, so if properly sanitized, the 3D printed parts of our mask can be reused for months at a time. However, the thing is the filter needs to be replaced repeatedly, which is made out of N95 masks. So so pretty much what our masks do is they allow a single N95 mask to be used multiple times just by cutting them up into different pieces. So how long have you been making these masks? Has it been like a couple of weeks or how long have you been uh, in the in the business of making these masks? Yeah, so it has been about a week and a half now that we've been producing masks. And what's your goal? Yeah, so our goal is just to make as many as we can with the funds and materials that we have. However, currently our goal is to get about 100 out to local people. Okay, and so where have you sent masks already? Yeah, so we have sent... This state, we have sent uh, some of our masks to, it's, I believe, two nursing homes here in Ohio in the States. Okay. We have uh, one elderly care agency where it's like where they send workers to the person's homes. That system, we, we sent one dozen to them. And then we've also done a few uh, families that have uh, nurses we sent in high risk, but we've sent it to them. And then and I'm currently working on a few orders for medical departments around Green County. Like I know I'm currently making about two dozen for our own Cedarville volunteer fire department. Okay. That's great. So how do people find you? How do they know how to order or how they can order these masks? Yeah. So I know I've had people contact me 
I know they've sent emails to me. They like from through my uh, personal email. They have uh, found Hands of Hope on uh, Facebook and on our website. They've contacted me via that. So in our final few minutes together, I'm talking with Connor Hart, um, the president and actually a, a sophomore mechanical engineering major at Cedarville on his Hands of Hope Foundation. What have you learned, Connor, from helping others during the coronavirus pandemic? Hmm. I know it's the, the one thing I've learned, I guess, through all of this is, I guess, just to never doubt how valuable that you can be in a time of crisis. Because I know at the beginning of all of this, I was, when I started making these masks, and I was like, oh, they're probably not going to be used these, like, these are probably not going to be used this much. This is probably not going to be a big thing. This probably won't help out too many people. But but it was as a, more and more people come on contacting me and telling me, sharing their stories of me and how much they are in need of this mask. I guess it's, it was just interesting to just see how valuable my work was becoming. My work really was because God was working in all of this. So what, it, maybe my last question is, what is God teaching you right now as you, as you participate in making masks, as you study his word, um, as you pray, as you seek his face, what is the Lord teaching you right now? What God is teaching me right now is that he is in control and he is faithful through it all. Like I know just in the past weeks, there have been so many times where I have no clue what's going to happen. I'm like, I know just like, like last week and the week before that, I didn't know whether I was going to have to leave campus or not. It was like every day they're like, yeah, you can stay, but you might have to leave the next day. Throughout this whole time of uncertainty, God was always a constant and he was always in control. And so I was just able to cling on to him through it all. Thanks for sharing that. And it reminds me of chapel in the 2019-2020 academic, academic year that God is faithful, we can trust him. And I think that's uh, panning out in, in your day-to-day life. So thanks for sharing that. Connor, I want to thank you for your time today uh, on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thanks for uh, sharing your spiritual journey with us, for really having a heart of service for those who need assistance, and uh, just for reflecting the love of Christ in all that you do. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast, brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.